0: Hello there my friends. Welcome to Careers Without Four Years. I'm Melanie Dunn. I'm a workforce development professional and this podcast is for anyone who wants to find out where the opportunity is in today's job market for great careers that don't require four-year degrees. The economy has changed. Today most jobs don't require bachelor's degrees We'll hear from professionals in technology, healthcare, the trades, and other industries who love what they do and make a good living at it. In addition, we'll learn how to shop for affordable training, how to pay for it with grants and loans without excessive costs or debt, or even find free training. And if you are a woman or person of color, please listen in for inspiring stories by people who are thriving in careers you may not have seen yourself in. My guest today is Stephen Madrosen, an apprentice at the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, IBEW 48, in Portland, Oregon. In this episode, you'll learn why you should consider a career as an electrician, the advantages of training and education through a trade union, and how your people skills could make you an excellent candidate. Demand for electricians is high. The U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics forecasts that employment of electricians is expected to grow 10% from 2018 to 2028. Stephen made the move to join a trade union after several years as a retail store manager. Like many people considering a career change, he was not fresh out of high school. He and his wife were already raising a family. Trade unions train people using apprenticeships. Apprenticeships, whether they be in the trades or in a growing number of other occupations, have distinct advantages. Apprentices do not need to take out loans. Their training and education are free. Rather, they earn wages that grow over the term of their apprenticeships as they learn increasingly valuable skills. The pay for electricians who are apprenticed by trade unions is the highest in the field. Because of their outstanding pay, benefits, and pensions, Getting an apprenticeship in a trade union is competitive, but non-union electricians, especially those that run their own businesses, often earn well over $100,000. Most electricians learn through four- or five-year apprenticeship programs, but some start by attending technical schools. To learn more about becoming an electrician, contact an IBEW local office or a branch of the Independent Electrical Contractors Association in your state. Your state Department of Labor may also offer apprenticeships. Stephen offers a ton of helpful information about how to apply, how to stand out as a candidate, wages and benefits, and many other helpful videos on his YouTube channel, Mad Electrician. Here's the interview. I... I think the first thing that um, people want to know is just what got you interested in this career? Where did you
1: start from? Yeah, no, that's a good question. Well, I have Mm -hmm. really kind of just always been interested in electricity. Um, You know, growing up, I remember when I was younger, my grandma (laughs) got me a little electronic kit set for Christmas when I was maybe like seven years old. And, uh, you know, I had a ton of fun just building all the circuits and putting things together. And it was something that I always knew interested me, but it wasn't something that I ever really considered as a career. And so, um, you know, I ended up going to community college for a year and um, also working at AT&T um, while I was going to college. And, you know, kind of naturally, just working at AT&T, I ended up um, just kind of moving my way up in the ranks and In doing that, you know, I kind of just sort of decided, like, you know, maybe I'll just make a career out of this and and work up as as high as I can. Um, And at the same time, while I was working there, um, I was talking to my brother-in-law, Tim, who is an electrician for IBEW Local 46 in Seattle. And Tim, every time I would talk to him, he would just tell me about how great his job was, how much he enjoyed it. Um, You know, I would hear about how much he was making and how he was able to provide for his family. But it just always sounded so cool and so interesting to me. And so I kind of got to a point at AT AT&T where, you know, they were just overworking me. It was really overwhelming. Wasn't able to spend a lot of time with my family. And so that's kind of when I seriously started considering, well, hey, Tim is telling me about this career that I know that I would be interested in. I am from what I'm hearing from him. And that's really when I started like seriously looking into it and doing my research online. Um, and I guess that's sort of how I made the decision to, to get into it. And I'm really happy I did.
0: You have a great YouTube channel that I'm going to link to At talks about becoming an apprentice and what it takes. And we're going to go over some of that. But just so people know, there's a lot of information that you've provided out there for us. One thing you do talk about, though, is... Yeah. Trade school versus college. And you were talking about the high school chart of wages and the persuasive argument for (laughs) the entire student body to pursue a college Mm -hmm. degree. Mm -hmm. Um, How did you feel about that when you were in high school, when you saw that?
1: Yeah. Um, well, it was an annual, um, what do you call it, um, assembly that we would have in my school. And, you know, our principal would basically just talk about the importance of furthered education, you know, which I definitely agree it's, it's great to be well-educated, but um, then they would show us this chart. And basically what this chart would show was like, okay, on average, if you don't get a high school or complete high school, get your diploma. This is how much you're going to be making on average. If you get an associate's degree, this is how much you'll be making bachelor's degree. This is how much and so on. And really just kind of the main point that they were trying to drive home was that if you don't go to college, then there's really no way that you can be successful, at least um, in society's eyes with a, a career. And so I would always leave those assemblies just with the overwhelming feeling of, you know, if I want to be successful in life and you know, make it somewhere, then I have to go to college. And it wasn't even really something that I considered. It was just like, this is the path that has been presented to me. Therefore, that's what I'm going to do.
0: One of the weird things I think people are faced with is that it's so vague. You know, Mm -hmm. we don't do career education in the U.S. schools, which is crazy, Because what does having that degree mean? I mean, I think as you were saying, you know, if you know you want to be a scientist, right? You need that academic degree, but so many people don't have any idea because nobody presents them with any choices. So they have this vague idea. And I think that starts to get people down the path of getting into financial trouble.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I agree. You know, so many of these degrees, they can end up being very lucrative depending on the degree that you're pursuing. But um, like my dad, for example, he ended up pursuing a business degree. And now he's actually a pipe fitter for Local 290 here in Portland, Oregon. And he's, you know, spent so much money on this degree. And, and he thought, well, you know, now that I have this piece of paper, I'm going to be able to get any business job that I want. And really that, that wasn't the case because, you know, the, the job market, um, especially with college graduates, excuse me, can be so oversaturated. And so here he is, you know, with a college degree, but yet he still went the trade route. And I mean, he's making really great money. So, but yeah, there's no, you're fine. Yeah. I was just going to say, there's definitely those uh, careers though, where it's, You know, it's great to have a degree like like you said, if you want to be a scientist or a doctor um, or any sort of engineer, you know, I think that is great. I have nothing against college, but I just wish that we had these trade routes presented as a more viable opportunity for students.
0: Yeah, I don't know who who started that um, siloing of types of jobs. I think the collars, the whole idea of them is completely irrelevant today. Yeah. If it ever was relevant at all, I mean, the example given a lot um, in the tech community is um, data entry. The function of data entry really more closely resembles low-level manufacturing work Mm. than a white collar job and also there are some quote unquote white collar jobs like some kinds of accounting that actually are at a very high risk of being outsourced or replaced by automation definitely so I think one thing I um, would hope our audience would listen to is that um, you're such an informed consumer about your career and I would encourage everybody to really listen and learn about a lot of careers and then also be an informed investor in your career. Yeah. Because, um, the vagueness surrounding college (laughs) coupled with the status is a very toxic and intoxicating mixture that I think pulls people away from the things that might be in their best interest. So, I think this comes up a lot when we talk about the value of being a union, a union apprentice and just what that is, because you actually don't pay any tuition. They pay you. Correct. Right. Can you tell us more about how that works?
1: Yeah. So, you know, it's going to be different for every different union local. um, But the way that it works here in IPEW local 48 in Portland, Oregon is uh, you know you'll apply for the apprenticeship and if you make it through the application process, which is is lengthy and they're it's very competitive and they're very selective. but if you make it through that process, then as an apprentice they're going to like you said give you completely free tuition. um they're going to give you all of the books that you need throughout your entire apprenticeship and um, they also even give you all of the hand tools that you're going to need too, which is huge because, um, if somebody wants to pursue a career as an electrician, um, you know, going the non-union route, which I, I really don't have anything against going non-union, still a great path, but there's definitely a little bit more of an investment up front because you need to show up your first day with your tools and, um, you are going to be buying those books and paying for your tuition. Um, but yeah, going this union route, at least in, um, my situation here, you know, they definitely gave us everything that we needed. And I just really, one of my biggest reasons for starting this YouTube channel is because I realized what an incredible opportunity this is to just be handed, you know, here's your full tuition, all the education that you're going to need, guaranteed pay raises along the way um, in a career that is, um, you know, not only fun and enjoyable, but where I'm actually learning practical skills that I can use on and off the job. Um, but it's it's just incredible. And I really, it's kind of my mission to make more people aware of this option. So
0: it's incredible when you think of it. I think you made a great point, which is that if you go into union, you're starting your career earlier than yes. most people are. So yes. there's a value in getting started earlier. And this is another thing that we do in college, which is totally crazy and why apprenticeship is so great is when you're in apprenticeship, right? You're earning that stepped wage, right? You're getting that experience that's growing. But that means also what you're not doing is working at some minimum wage job because you're quote unquote not qualified yet. So you get out of college and what happens to a lot of people is then you're told you have no experience. So you get the degree and then you're told you have no experience that, that, you know, it's, it's so unfair. Right. And then you've got a loan payment and no experience and you've got to figure that out. And a lot of times it used to be done where, Oh, just find an unpaid internship. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Like it's years and years of struggle.
1: Right. You know, and then even if you are making really great money, you know, once you actually get into that career, you're going to have all that student debt that you're going to be paying off. And if you're into like financially investing, that's another thing that I'm uh, pretty passionate about. You know, if you're not making very good money throughout the whole time that you're learning, that's a lot of, you know, compound interest over the years that you're not going to be making because you couldn't have been investing more money. Um, so it's very multifaceted for sure.
0: No, you're you're just so smart about that. And I have to say just to your point though, about the stigma that um, surrounds quote-unquote the trades is one of the reasons the trades are so hot right now is that some of the walls around college education, there's some chinks in those walls for one thing because most people drop out of college. They can't afford it. In the nineties, we were supposed to become this big information economy, And schools started to invest a lot of money in academic, maybe AP classes, I would say, would be an example of that, like additional academic classes. But then they closed shop. They closed all these other, all this experiential work, actually, which is really a great introduction for people into these careers. They shut them down. So... We now have a generation of people that about your age that now really need to replace a generation that is retiring at a pretty fast clip.
1: Yes, yeah, definitely.
0: So there's a real need. um, There's a real need for this. It's not, it's a great opportunity. And it's crazy that people don't, um, doing the math is very important. I, I, uh, there's a lot of math lessons around that young people also need to know. Because I think um, what career counselors have told me is that in your high school years, you might, it's so vague to you that you don't really get a sense of, well, what's a minimum wage? Well, a minimum wage in New Jersey is $385 a week, $11 an hour.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: Yeah, which adds up.
1: Yeah, you can't live on
0: that. (laughs) $20,000. So um, when you do the math with them, and then you back out of that and show, I think there's a great example with a, um, a certificate in HVAC, what that can do, right? In five years with an HVAC, yeah. you can make 70,000 something dollars on average. Yeah. For a $5,000 investment, if you go to a community college and you you do that. But anyway, these jobs have a very long career arc at this point. You're in high demand, I just think people should understand this. You are in very high demand because there is a diminishing oh, yeah. supply, right? And the world is yeah. only getting more technical. Your job 70 years ago would be so, like the first six months of your apprenticeship, maybe today, right? There's so much more yeah. that you have to master and understand right. about all the different systems that I'm just guessing that you work on.
1: So, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's the other thing is that um, we will link to this, but on your college versus trade school video, you do go over your wages. And if you want to just give us a, a brief look at your wages, I I think,
1: yeah. great. Yeah, totally. I, I thought that you might ask that. So I actually have <laughs> the wages pulled up right here. <laughs> Show me the um, money. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, for real. Um, I'm just going to quickly read through uh, how this works here with uh, the apprenticeship here at Local 48. So, um, as a first year apprentice just getting into the trade, um, really, actually, this is for a first half year apprentice because you get a raise after a thousand hours. Uh, they're going to start at $20.14 per hour. Um, and then after that raise, they're going to be at $22.56. And basically there's incremental raises along the way based off of how many hours that you've worked on the job hours. And, um, right now I'm I'm at my last raise before I will turn out and get my journeyman's license, uh, which is $42 and 80 cents an hour. And then once we turn out and get our license, uh, the rate as of right now in 2021 is $50 and 35 cents, but that's also just the hourly wages. So we also have a benefits package as well, which is over $25 an hour in benefits. Um, (laughs) just crazy because of my last job, I had to pay out of pocket for healthcare. And that was, it, it was such a big bill, you know, it was over, if I remember correctly, like $200 a month. And now it's, that's being paid for by my employer. And not only that, but we also have a um, medical reimbursement funds. So for the deductibles and out-of-pocket expenses associated with healthcare, well, that's also covered too, because that just accumulates over time. So it's, it's pretty awesome. And then as you get, um, promotions, um, you know, this isn't a dead end career. You can become a foreman or a general foreman, or, you know, the sky's the limit. And, uh, there's uh, 10% raises for each one of those, Uh, career jumps so
0: so fifty dollars an hour is how much a year
1: just it is uh, i believe that's just over a hundred thousand dollars a year right
0: and then you get benefits and i was looking at some of the family the cost for a family and um you have you're married right and you have two daughters that's wonderful (laughs) and you know this is the American dream, you know. We have millions of Americans that are really juggling several jobs and struggling to make ends meet and delaying their families. And you were able to start your family fairly young and paying for those maternity benefits out of pocket is is terrible. Even with a decent health care plan, it can be six, seven thousand dollars a year, right? And then you get retirement
1: benefits, yes. right? Yeah, an actual pension plan. You know, it's, it's not just like a four hundred one k that we are paying into ourselves. It's paid for by our employers completely. Um, I go above and beyond and also have my own Roth IRA and investment accounts. But um, yeah, there's like there's at least three uh, three different pensions. I need to double check on that and make a video about it someday. But uh, it's it's pretty amazing. And like as I'm talking about this. Um, it sort of feels like I'm I'm boasting a little bit, but it's like, I want the people that are listening to this to, to be excited because this is a career that they can go out and get if they just make the decision to and put in the time to be a good applicant for it. So
0: no, it's fantastic. I mean, I think that's the great, a great service that, you know, anyone coming on the show can do is to shed some light on. What are the clear, affordable paths to employment? America lacks them. We are talking now about jobs in the bulk of the job market, which 55% of them, they don't really need bachelor's degrees. Um, They can pay great wages. Um, Quite a few of them get up near hundred thousand. Not all of them, but a lot of them. Uh, People need to see role models. You know, they need yeah. to see young people doing this, for example, and people that have families. And so that's the service that you're doing is you're also showing, look, you can make a decision to do this. Mm-hmm. This brings this whole thing out of vagueness, right? It brings you more empower. I, I feel that people need to right. feel empowered. I think we waste talent in this country. Um, the number of people that are underemployed is just, it's it's shocking because- Look how bright you are. Yeah. I'm just saying this, you know, and I know many, many, and I'm not saying, you know, there are just many wonderful people that are underemployed as well, see? So this insight that you're bringing to this is really, I hope everyone out there feels yeah. a little mentored by this because um, this is never discussed. And other countries are better at this. Right. There are other countries yeah. that really do make this clear. And we make it hard to get to work in this country sometimes. Often I have employers talk to me about, well, we need people with soft skills. And I actually think that it's probably one of the most important things that you can bring uh, to your job search are your, your soft skills, your, I would call them your mature skills, right? And I would be curious to know how old the average apprentice is in your union, if you know.
1: Mm. Man, uh, I did mention this in one of my videos. It's been a little bit, um, but actually, you know what? I have my trusty notebook right here. And uh, let's see, the average uh, new apprentice is 29 years old when they get into the trade.
0: If you have some life experience out there, that is a real asset in the job market. I think you talked about being a manager at an AT&T store, right? So there are a lot of people out there now, maybe listening to this, I hope, um, (laughs) who were in retail and those jobs may have now disappeared forever. And there are millions of Americans now looking to be retrained. But those skills that they picked up doing that work really translated well for you. Yeah. Right.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah.
0: And so, yeah, you told me that your union really valued your customer service skills. Is that what they called it?
1: Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Cause everything that we do as electricians is ultimately going to be for a customer. And, um, you know, depending on what kind of a job you're, you're working on, you may not be like directly working for a customer in their house. But, um, you know, there's always people around, there's always people that are watching. Um, and so, you know, me working for AT&T before I got into this, like that, that was something that was huge for me is, um, you know, basically just giving every single customer that I could, the best customer experience that I possibly could. And, um, I think it's a skill that, you know, I really learned at my time at AT AT&T and, so now, like I said, I'm not directly speaking to the customer at the hospital that I'm working at, but there's nurses and doctors and patients around. And so I am interacting with them quite often. And um, for them to, because like you said, there, there's kind of a, a stigma with, with tradesmen. Um, mm-hmm. And for them to you know, see someone that is polite and respectable or respectful excuse me um it definitely I think just kind of um put some peace in their minds that you know okay we're there to do good quality work and to not make a mess and be a distraction and uh basically get out <laughs> I remember before I got into well before I even really considered getting into the trades um you know I would have customers that would come into AT&T that I would know were construction workers and my perception for the longest time was pretty much what I had been, what had pretty much just been instilled in me in high school was that like, okay, here's this person, you know, they're just coming from work, they're wearing their Carhartt pants and their Carhartt shirt. And um they're probably not making very much is kind of what I thought And in, in like, you know, not, it's not like I necessarily looked down on them, but um it was just, it was kind of like a, a hurdle, a mental hurdle that I had to jump over to be like, you know, even though society doesn't necessarily see the trades, um, being an electrician or a plumber, as a good, viable career, it's like, as I've touched to my brother in law to him, uh, you know, I've, I've learned that it really is. And so it was like, it was just something that I had to get over. And I feel like looking back now, it's like, I really shouldn't have even ever had to get over that.
0: Thanks for listening. For more information about today's episode, please visit our Instagram at careerswithout4years. Take care.